This is the Peter Creek Presbyterian Church Podcast. Here at Peter Creek, we honor God by making more disciples for Jesus Christ. From wherever you are listening, we hope that you are encouraged with this week's message from Pastor Kelly Baldridge. Romans chapter 8. We are continuing our series uh, on discipleship. Uh, You can call it the greater than series. Uh, For in it we've spoken about certain things that are greater than others. One of those things being worship is greater than service. That as we serve, worship should fuel our service. That as we understand Uh, The calling to be a disciple. Every Christian is a disciple. Every Christian that has professed faith in Jesus Christ is a disciple of the Lord Jesus. And there is a certain way to live. There is a life to live, the Christian life, that is. And so today, uh, we are continuing this greater than series as we are speaking of the idea that fighting is greater than apathy. Fighting is greater than apathy. I know you may wonder for a moment what we're getting at there, but you'll know soon. The Old Testament prophesies about a future that will be wonderful. Isaiah speaks and says, The wolf will dwell with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the young goat, the calf and the young lion and the fatling together. A little boy will lead them. Also the cow and the bear will graze, their young will lie down together, and the lion will eat straw like the ox. The nursing child will play by the hole of the cobra, and the weaned child will put his hand on the viper's den. They will not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. What a wonderful picture that is of heaven, of Eden. The true Eden. It's something to look forward to. A time of peace. In Isaiah 2, it says that uh, we will take our swords and our spears and melt them down into plowshares. In other words, we'll take them and make gardening tools. War will cease. Peace will be there. And there will only be gardening to do. That's a wonderful thing. But we're not there yet. And the fight we face, though, is not against one another. And it's not one that we can slack off on. Rather, Paul gives us instructions in Ephesians 6. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness and the heavenly places. There's a fight that we are fighting as Christians. It is a fight that we fight every day of our lives. And it is not a fight against one another. It is a fight against not flesh and blood, but a spiritual force, a spiritual darkness, and a fight that must always be fought. So that's what we're speaking of today in Romans 8, 12 and 13. And so let us draw our attention to the word of the Lord. So then, brothers, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. 
This is the word of the Lord. There is a fight. There is a fight that is worth fighting. Uh, But let me begin by saying uh, that this fight is one that we must always engage in. We understand that there are things in our life that we can put off. There are things in our life that we can be apathetic toward. But when it comes to the fight of faith, when it comes to understanding that there is a spiritual battle that we must win, we must not give up. And we must not stop. Whether we are young, whether we are old, it does not matter our age, it does not matter our age in the Lord. We are to continue fighting. And so we begin here by understanding first that this fight is indeed worth fighting. Is the fight really worth fighting, though? That's the question that you and I have to ask. That is the question that you have to ask yourselves today. Are you actually fighting the fight? Is the fight worth getting messy and fighting against your sin? Because ultimately what we're dealing with today is the fight is not only a fight against spiritual powers. The fight is a fight within. It is a fight against sin. It is a battle against sin within ourselves. Sin that comes from the flesh, a battle against the flesh. The fight is worth fighting. The reason it's worth fighting is what we find in the answer to the question, is Christ worthy of worship? Is Christ worthy of praise? Is Christ worthy of honor? See, it is the honorable thing to do, to fight. It is the honorable thing to take up arms. It is the honorable thing to keep going. It is the reasonable thing to do because what Christ has done in you, that Christ has saved you from sin and death and the devil, that the Lord Jesus Christ, the perfect one, the righteous one, the holy one, who is without sin, who is wonderful in every way, your sin was laid upon him. And he received the penalty of that sin, that he died the death you deserved to die. So Christ died for you, Christian. So is the fight worth fighting? Absolutely. The fight is worth fighting because Christ is worthy of fighting for. So why is the fight worth fighting though? Let's continue this thought. First, from the worst of sinners, being no longer condemned to the weakest, not being separated from the love of God, Paul writes in Romans 8, And so we understand this. Let me give this a better understanding for you. In verse 1 of Romans 8, it says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That is the best news that you could hear today. That if you are in Christ, there is no condemnation. Not an ounce of condemnation. That for the worst of sinners, the worst of sinners... For you to be in Christ, there is no condemnation. But then you continue in Romans 8, and we understand that for the weakest of sinners, there is nothing that will ever separate us from the love of God in Christ. And so what do we understand? What do we know? The fight is worth fighting because all who have Christ, all who are in Him, have life and have hope. He is our Lord. He is our Savior. He is worth fighting for. 
It's a reasonable thing to fight this fight. Secondly, you owe the past nothing and you owe the flesh nothing. Notice what he says in verse 12. So then, brothers, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. He speaks of a debt. We owe nothing to the flesh. The flesh has brought you nothing in your life. The flesh will not sustain you. The flesh will not keep you. The flesh will not give you any assurance or hope. The flesh will not provide you with any joy or comfort for this life. None. And so you owe the flesh nothing. You owe nothing to your flesh, and you also, friends, owe nothing to your past. Think of your past, but don't think of it too much. Think of the sins that you've committed. Think of the troubles that you've caused. Think of the struggles that you've endured. Think of all that you have done and all that you have sinned, all of those sins against God and against others. You owe them nothing. Those things have been removed as far as the east is from the west. You owe the past and the flesh nothing. You have a new life. You have a new family. You have a new reason to live. You have a new hope. There is a fight worth fighting because you have a newness about you because Christ has made you a new person. Secondly, the fight must be fought. The fight is worth fighting, but the fight must be fought. Verse 13, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. You will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. The fight that we are in against sin is a fight of life or death. It is not one to pass over. It is not one to take easily. It is not one to be apathetic in. It is one to consider the greatness of it. It is a life or death situation. You cannot be lazy with fighting against sin. You cannot let it fester like a wound. You cannot let it have air to breathe. You must be, according to John Owen, killing sin because sin is busy killing you. The flesh gives life to sin. The reason we must fight this fight is because, yes, sin is busy killing you. And so we must be busy killing sin. The flesh gives life to sin. The flesh will destroy your relationship with God. And the flesh will destroy your soul. And the flesh will be distracted in the Lord's house. You must fight sin. You must fight to stay alert. You must fight to keep on guard. You must fight to know and trust in the Lord. There is no room for apathy in this fight. Apathy means that you've given up. Apathy means that you're living according to the flesh. And apathy means, friends, that you're an unbeliever. If you've gotten to a point in your life as a Christian where you no longer fight against sin, you no longer really care about your sin, you're no longer concerned about your sin, you're no longer worried about your sin, it very well may be, friend, that you do not know Christ and you have little to no assurance in Him. Apathy, there's no room for that in the Christian life. We are called to fight, to take up arms. Before the Christian thinks he's got 
life lit because of his salvation, we ought to remember that there's a battle with indwelling sin. But we're not to be alarmed. When you were a non-believer, you may have seen some Christians and thought, well, they've got it all together. Because when you get into the Christian life, things happen. When you think that morning you come to church, I'm going to pay attention and listen to the preacher today. Things happen, don't they? But you may see some who are alert, awake, listening. You may see some in their life that seem, they just have this all together. They've got it figured out. But then, and so you may have thought when God saved you, though, as you grow in your faith, as you learn about the gospel, as you learn about your sinfulness and how you need to be busy killing sin, and as you grow in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, you look at those Christians who seem to have it all together at once and you think, they were really good at hiding all that was going on inside. And so as Christians, we understand this. We understand that this is a fight worth fighting, but it is also a fight that must be fought. It is a life or death situation. It is not worthy of setting aside. It is one that we must engage in at all times. And not just one sin or that, this sin or that sin, but all sin. It's when you think that you have sin licked. It's when you think that you have it conquered that it attacks even harder. And so we must be fighting it because it's a life or death situation. Thirdly, this is the hope that you have. You're not to fight this battle alone. You're not to fight alone. In verse 13, we see this because Paul says, if you, by the Spirit, put to death... Let me rephrase it. It says, if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. You can't fight this battle alone. It is a spiritual battle. It's not against flesh and blood. Therefore, it can't be won with flesh and blood. This is a fight by which only the Spirit of God is sufficient. Do you want to stop using unwholesome speech? Or as we might say, cursing? You want to stop cussing? You want to stop using words you shouldn't? You want to stop gossiping? You want to stop uh, looking at pornography? Do you want to stop eating too much? Do you want to stop um, envying what your neighbor has? You want to stop those things? You will not be able to do it on your own. You cannot do it on your own. You'll never be able to do enough. You'll never be able to choke those things out on your own. But rather, it is a fight by which only the Spirit of God is sufficient. Notice again what he says. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body. Paul gives us a clue here. Before he ever tells us what we ought to do, he begins by explaining to us it is by the Spirit it must be done. We must have the Spirit's help. We must have the Spirit's aid. We must do it according to the Spirit of God. 
Without the Spirit, you will only have the flesh and never think that you can fight against sin on your own. Even the best of days for the best of saints will not be enough. And so think of this. If you try to fight against sin without the Spirit, you're left with the flesh. And the flesh is the fountain of sin. Why would you ever want to fight sin with that which is the fountain of it? It wouldn't make sense. And the flesh, for us, is something to fight against. But let me ask you, what does your fighting partner do? What does the Spirit do? How does the Spirit help? First, the Spirit connects you with Christ. John 15, Jesus says, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. And listen closely. For Jesus says, For apart from me you can do nothing. The way the Spirit enables you to fight against sin is that He connects you with Christ. He strengthens you with Christ. He gives you hope because of Christ. Your strength, your power to conquer sin, your power and strength to be able to fight against sin is because you are connected to the Lord Jesus Christ. Or apart from Him, you can do nothing. Secondly, the Spirit does something to the Word of God. Maybe you've read the Bible. You've started it maybe as a young Christian. Maybe even when you were lost. And you would read the Bible and you're thinking, I have no clue what that says. I have no understanding of what that means. I don't get it. It is the Spirit who enables you to understand. And we've spoken of this before. You can be the most educated person in the room and still not understand the Word of God. And those who are the least educated can understand it and get it. The difference is not common sense or a lack of common sense. The difference is not an education or a lack of education. The difference is the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit illumines the Scriptures to us. The Holy Spirit takes a flashlight and shines it on the Word of God so that you and I can understand it. And so how do you fight against sin? You fight against it with the Word of God. And the Spirit is the one who enables us to read it, to understand it, to be changed by it. Then lastly, the Spirit works and fights with you by convicting you. You've felt that tug on your heart. You've sat in the pews and you've listened to the preaching and you've felt uh, the emotion and the affections change within you because of what you're hearing. There's a sermon that comes to your mind. There's a time where you've come and you've listened to the preaching and one day you're only thinking about the game the night before or the lunch after the service. But then there's one Sunday where the Lord comes at you in the fullness of His Spirit. And He changes you because that's what the Spirit does. The Spirit convicts you of your sin, convicts you of God's holiness, convicts you of the fact that you must be righteous to be in relationship with Him and that you're not, and convicts you of judgment to come and convicts you 
but also to trust in Jesus Christ for salvation. You're not fighting alone, Christian. And you are not to fight alone. But then lastly, this is a fight you must fight. He began and said, if by the spirits, in verse 13, the second part, if by the spirits, but then he says, you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. You have no room for apathy. And you also have no room not to fight. There is no sitting on the sidelines if this were a game. There is no uh, sitting in the bunker and hiding if this is war, and it is. You are on the front lines, and you are to be on the front lines, and you are to fight against your sin. You are to put to death the deeds of the body. You are to be busy killing sin because Sin is busy killing you. Paul wants you to know this is something that by the Spirit must be done. And then he gets to what you're to do. So I want us to consider as we close a few thoughts on what to do. How are we to fight? How are we to put to death the deeds of the body? Well, like the psalmist, Psalm 139 who says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Brother and sister in Christ, if you want to fight against sin, you need to search. But you don't need to search yourself. You need God to search you. You need God to lay open your life for you so that you would see your own sin. Because often, friends, we are blind to our own sin. It is much easier, isn't it, to see the sin of others and to miss our own. But you are not to look at the sin of others. You are to look at your own heart. You are to have God search your heart. You're to have God to lay open your flesh before you so that you would see what you struggle with, so that you would see your sin. Whether it be some of the things I've mentioned already, but it could be simple things that are not simple, but are actually big things, like we spoke of last week, the sin of worry. It could be that you have found yourself coveting someone else's things. It could be that you... The way you speak with others is not wholesome. It could be anything. But we are to search, not search. We are to have God search our hearts. So how can you fight? As you ask God to search you, do so in prayer. When you want to sin, pray. When you find that you are in a situation where sin would be easy, the first thing that you ought to do is pray. Because here's the deal. The reason you sin is because you want to sin. And so we must pray. God, please don't let me want to do this. And when you stop to pray, the Lord will help you. But you must pray. When you want to sin, pray. Seek the Lord's help. And oftentimes when we find ourselves in those situations where we are about to sin and we don't pray, 
there's a reason we don't pray. It's because we're not fighting. It's because we want to sin. Secondly, listen to how the Spirit leads you. Listen to what the Spirit is teaching you. Listen to what He teaches you. Don't listen for an audible voice. He doesn't come and speak to us in dreams in that way, but He does speak to us through His Word. The Word of God teaches us and changes us and and challenges us. So listen to what the Spirit leads you to do. Follow the Spirit. Trust the Spirit. If you are on Saturday night and you are thinking about watching the late game and you think, if I watch this, I know it will be hard for me to get up on Sunday morning. Pray and go to bed. Listen to the Spirit lead. Follow the Spirit of the Lord. Also, you need to know your opponent. You need to know that you cannot give him an inch. You need to know that you cannot allow your mind to dwell on the flesh, the old man, and the old habits. Do not allow your flesh to overwhelm you. Do not allow your flesh to overcome you. Do not dwell on him, but know him. Remember the way he is. Remember what he likes and take those things away. So then fourthly, remember who you are in Christ. Remember that you are His. Remember that you belong to Him. Both in life and death, in body and soul, you belong to the Lord, your faithful Savior. You're not condemned. You can't be separated from His love. So you obey Him out of love and out of reasonableness. And then, don't forget that this is a fight to the death. This is a fight to the death. When you see your opponent down, do not help him up. When you see sin beneath your feet, do not take your foot off of him. You must fight to the death because your life is at stake. Now there are those of you who do not necessarily believe that fighting is greater than apathy. Perhaps you have thought that I'm a Christian now and so I can live as I please. That I sin here and I sin there. I sin little. I don't sin big. I don't sin like him. I don't sin like her. And you have thought to yourself, I'm okay. If you were in that place of apathy, you need to look within your heart and see whether you truly know Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. Because if you have gotten to the place where you have quit fighting, friend, it may be true that you do not know Christ. But now I want to talk to you and give you a bit of hope, those of you who are like me, that there are times where you feel that you're losing. Are there times where you feel that you're losing this battle against sin? Are there times where you feel that you're being defeated? The question is not whether you're winning or losing. The question is whether you're in the fight. If you are fighting, you're winning. If you are going and keep going and keep boxing, keep punching, keep, keep kicking, keep screaming, whatever you need to do, 
even if it feels that you are losing, but you are still fighting, there is hope. If you struggle with an addiction, if you struggle with whatever it may be, and you're fighting it, you hate it, you don't want it, you don't like it, there is hope for you yet. For the Spirit of God is still at work in you. And the Lord promises us that He will complete that work. And this fight will be won. So keep fighting. It's a worthy fight. And make sure that your enemy dies. Let's pray. Most gracious Father, we come to you in the name of our Savior Jesus Christ. And it is true that there is a fight for our life that is going on within us. We do not earn our salvation. We are not condemned because we are in Christ. We cannot lose our salvation because we are in Christ. But as we are saved, and as we are being sanctified and being made like Christ, there are times in our lives, oh God, where it seems as if we might be losing, were if not the right man on our side. And so we are thankful that Jesus Christ is on our side. We are thankful that Jesus is the one who has complete and total victory over sin and death and the devil. And our hope is in Him. So Father, let us see that fighting is greater than apathy. That we would continue pressing forward as disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. That we would be those who are committed to battling against sin in our lives. So that they would be defeated, and to know that as Christ prepares to return, that the hope and confidence that we have is that the peace that we began our sermon with is the peace that we will have in eternity. So we rejoice in you, our great God, that this is not a fight that we're going to lose. So in Christ's name we pray. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If God has used this message to influence you or you would like more information about our church, connect with us on the Peter Creek Presbyterian Church Facebook page. Remember to subscribe to hear more messages from Pastor Kelly Baldridge.